Hello, welcome to the Deadly Analysis Podcast. If you're just joining us, this is the part two of the round of 64 of our bracket challenge. Uh, hopefully you saw part one, or unless if you just like the second parts of things, then this is for you. And I guess I've got disappointing news about Jaws 2, <laughs> Temple of Doom, and, uh, and every other Steven Spielberg sequel ever. But anyway, moving right along, we have our bracket challenge. Uh, we are going through the other side of the round of 64 tonight and uh to refresh you on the rules here are the rules of engagement well if a film wins by a 4-0 margin it moves on with little discussion if a f the initial vote is three to one the one proponent of the film gets one minute to argue for the film's merits at the end of that minute you will hear an alarm go off on my phone and if no vote is changed, the film with the majority moves on. However, if one vote changes and it is a 2-2 vote, or if the initial vote is 2-2, a representative is chosen from each team and a five-minute argument ensues. If no vote is changed, then the coin app on Jim's phone decides which film moves on. Each person, however, gets one shenanigans causing a reflip of the coin. So if any of your champions lose on a coin flip, you can call shenanigans and I will flip the coin again and we will see what moves on. Okay, let's move on to our first uh, matchup of the evening. We have The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, a 1920 classic silent film about a man using a somnambulous, whatever, a sleepwalker <laughs> as a murder weapon and the lobster, a story about how it's better to be an animal than single. Uh, we'll go around in our initial voting order. Shara, what do you pick, cabinet or lobster? Let me see. One of my favorite movies ever made or a flop for me. Hmm, so hard. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Caligari. Caligari it is. I'm going Caligari as well. Noah? Oh, my God, Caligari. The only thing the lobster is good for is eating. You know, maybe IBS. That's about it. Even even the IBS lobster could give you would be better than that film. So, <laughs> uh, Ben? Yeah, I've got to say my vote is for the uh, semen omnibus and the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. <laughs> well, an easy 4-0 victory for the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Maybe it won't be so easy this time. We've got American Psycho, a satire about the excess of the 80s, and The Shining, a movie about a hotel driving a man mad. All right, Shara, this one's tough. What do you think? Um... <laughs> that look that was that was everything right there i'm so uh uncomfortable um huh. okay so shining is one of my favorite movies ever made i mean last week i was wearing the carpet from the hotel and we want to go to that hotel together and and spend time with the the ghosts and uh traditions and funness i don't know like it, it it's one of those films that has this vibe in fact uh for the year 2020, um, my entire friend peer group is coming up to my house and we're going to dress in the 1920s attire and tuxedos and totally end of shining party like it's uh, the 20s. So it, it, that's how much I love this film. And then American Psycho, you got chainsaws and, and, and hookers and 
peeling the face masks off and it's so much fun. Uh, they're kind of different vibes. There's so many iconic lines from American Psycho that I use daily, but there's so many iconic moments from The Shining that are just known in horror history. You get the axe through the door and here's Johnny. But then you have like, all right, I gotta go return some videotapes. How do you decide between things that I probably say every day? Um, shit. Which meme is the memeiest right now <laughs> is essentially what's going on in my brain. <laughs> ah, um, I think I'm gonna go with The Shining because it's Kubrick and it's so beautifully shot and it's inspired so many other films and Jack Nicholson's performance is so over the top amazing and there's the elevator with the period blood shooting out of it and there's little kids on really cool three-wheeled vehicles that I used to play on as a kid and uh, it's it twins down the hallway woo uh there's so many awesome moments creepy lady in the bathtub i'm gonna probably go with the shining sorry uh yeah the shining for shayra it's the shining for jim this is one of my favorite horror movies so noah uh what about you american psycho um definitely picking american psycho um the shining to me is is kind of an overrated film um i get that how iconic it is and yes we are all going to go to that hotel and have a blast but um, I think that uh, I think that the I think that what American Psycho did and what came after America I think American Psycho was a very um, forward-thinking film uh, and and book uh, novel obviously which which there are slight differences but I think both of them sort of gave us got us ready for the Instagrammable culture that we have now. Um, I think that it had a lot of uh, interesting political things to say. I think it was on a personal level about um, what it what it means to be a particular sort of person. Uh, it talked about yuppie culture. Uh, there's iconic scenes with the uh, the the with the cards. I mean, we could go through all of the different scenes, but I think ultimately for me, um, I wasn't scared in The Shining at all. And you know, I wasn't scared when I was young watching it, and I wasn't scared when I was older watching it. Um, just didn't do anything for me, uh, and it's familial, and those films tend to hit me uh, in certain ways, and this one just didn't. Didn't scare me. I get all of the iconic aspects of it. Um, I get that it was innovative in a lot of different ways with the film style. Kubrick is a genius. Uh, it's not a bad movie, but it, I just think it's, a, it's somewhat overrated, and when, when I think of the two, I think American Psycho hits me harder. Um, I think it has more important and interesting things to say. And I also think that it predicted a lot of the stuff that we see today in the real world. And in that sense, it has a kind of power to it. So I'm going to give mine to American Psycho. Ben. American Psycho has it for me. I really just enjoyed the social commentary just a little bit more than the, um, the attempts that uh, Kubrick made with his movie. Um, Really, I, I get the uh, the iconic scenes, but man, I'm I'm about to be really uncharitable just because that's more interesting that way. I mean, if you want a movie where you have like interesting iconic scenes with lots of blood or crazy things happening, then you're going to end up with something kind of like Jackass shot by Ingmar Bergman. You know, yeah, the direction is really interesting. The shots are framed quite well. The lighting is beautiful. The music is on point. But ultimately, it's just the shock value. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to see a whole bunch of blood come out of an elevator. Yeah, an old woman chasing you down the hallway naked trying to get some. That's pretty, you know, that's extreme. 
uh, a dude in a bear suit giving a blowjob or whatever the hell it was. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. But, you know, I mean, is that what makes a really good horror movie? I don't think so. I don't think so. All right. So we're queued up for our first fight of the night. Um, let's see. Uh, Shaver, it sounded like you were sort of on the fence and I was not. So maybe I should uh, represent the Shining folks. Uh, what about you two? Which one? Uh, which one's representing the American psycho? I'll, I'll give this one. I'll give this one a ban if he wants it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Why not? <laughs> All right. And five minutes starts now. Okay. Okay. So I feel like you're downplaying a lot of the masterwork of Kubrick in this film. I mean, these shots are meticulously done. And for somebody who was making an argument about Climax last week based upon its visual aesthetic, I don't see how you're so willing to downplay the Kubrick shots in favor of a political message, which, while I agree, is forward-thinking and is interesting and is, in fact... Uh, really intelligently well thought out it's it's something that's that's better explored in the book and while the film once again this was a film that i chose while the film is good and i i sort of allow that i think the shining is a masterwork of horror cinema a a classic of horror cinema and uh if you're downplaying some of the um cinematography i think you're doing that to the film's detriment no, I don't think I am downplaying the cinematography because, again, I compared it to Bergman, which is probably by far my favorite director. And I really do want to give a nod to the masterful way that you that you have Kubrick shooting relatively uninteresting things. And like, I mean, if you want to make an argument about the book, I think the exact same thing can be said for The Shining. Whenever we had our debate about it or our roundtable discussion, uh, you made the point that the house itself could be considered a character. And the fact that, that you were able to defend that intelligently and there are some really interesting reasons there. I do think that applies far more to the book. So while you do have something interesting sort of going on with The Shining in terms of the direction and in terms of how 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 well crafted it was, um, I mean, like the plot and the storyline is just you're basically just having a, a master, a master worker polish a turd in some ways because you only have that that shock value. You don't have the interesting things that you have in the book where it is actually something about this additional character that's in play that people don't really expect to be there. There were revolutionary things going on in Stephen King's original work and they just didn't translate very well to the screen. Whereas with American Psycho, I think you have a message that's still coherent to this day. And in fact, it's so incredibly relevant that it becomes more and more relevant. I think with each passing day, um, as we kind of see the, uh, the, the fruits sort of bearing, um, yeah, but to I, our consumer culture and just the, the way that that sort of poisons our our cultural dialogue. Yeah, there's a lot to be said about consumer culture in uh, American Psycho. And the mm -hmm. fact that that is relevant today has more to do with our society than it does to with the film itself. I mean, if you, you keep say, calling the story of The Shining a turd, and I think that that's also a misnomer because it's not a turd. This is a story about the slow de-evolution, the, the slow um, degradation of a man's mental capacity in into... some ways that's almost every that's almost every horror film we do it's not an interesting it's, it's not an original story it's not it can be done it's not in an american psycho american psycho is not about this slow degradation of a man's psyche almost he starts exactly. out he starts out crazy and, and that's up. why it's so interesting you get this perspective from somebody who has already completely lost his mind it's it's the exact same reason why i think the house that jack built was actually really really good because you have someone starting there in this position that it's really hard to empathize with yeah, but that's not I, I you said that my story is unoriginal and it I, it 
and so is yours. You just compared it to another movie. How can you? <laughs> I, I, how, how original? How original is it? Honestly, when I can give you two examples, one being Lars fucking von Trier. I, I really don't think that anybody is sort of arguing that he sort of makes the run of the mill horror film or film in general. What I, are you saying that American Psycho is a, not a run in the mill horror film? I think it is incredibly interesting in a novel sort of way, yes. Whereas, like the silent, the, the Shining, at least in its movie form, doesn't bring forth the unique and interesting elements that we see in the book. So, yes, the film itself. The um, film was yeah. the film was also made in 1980. So if you're judging a film based upon today's standards rather than I'm the not, standards, I'm not. Like, Some of my favorite films are films that are still in black and white and silent. <laughs> But I, you're, you seem to be judging The Shining based upon today's standards, whereas you don't judge other films based upon. Oh, absolutely not. No, with The Shining, I, I do think the direction is quite good. That's not the part that I've, I've criticized up to this point. It's the writing, and I think in some ways, writing is timeless. Some of the best examples of really good writing come from hundreds of years ago, and I don't think that's really a detriment to me. Like you're making the opposite argument that I'm actually making. Um, it doesn't oh. need any of the modern technology. It doesn't need James Cameron to come in and make it a big flashy show. In fact, I think in some ways that just highlights how bad the the substance and the foundation really is for the story if that's what you need it's not the the substance of the story is not bad the substance of the story is a man losing his mind and uh ending up trying to kill his family Br you know moved on by the house which is then uh epitomized in these other characters which uh you say that that's only in the This is so fun. Oh, my God. I'm so happy right now. I think I said this last <laughs> podcast. It's a great way to start. Change their vote? I am not changing my vote at all. Mm. Really, this is down to me because I love both of these films so fucking yeah. much. And you know Once it's down to me. Once lose you, Shara. <laughs> Come to um, the dark side, Shara. Come to the dark side. <laughs> I'm already in a very dark side. Um, I, they're both so twisted and and you know how sick and and fucked up i am like i'm sorry all those like little hints that he's molesting his son that are all over in the shining but then you know chasing a naked woman down a hallway of your apartment complex with a chainsaw and then dropping it on her when she's down below that's fucking insane like there's so much epicness to both of these films if they you both change involve, your like, vote, running if, through if, places. It's, if it's... you change your vote, Shayra, I will get you a reservation at Dorcia. I promise. Oh, God. We cannot bribe each other. I think that's offline. I don't believe that was a rule. <laughs> yeah, I think we can, actually. I think, yeah, I think we're going to. Dorcia, we probably can. Me. <laughs> Wait, now, if I do switch my vote, uh, you get a minute to <laughs> argue again, right? No. That's if it. you switch oh. your vote, then it's three to one. And then we're and getting then off of official? Skype. We're getting off of Skype, and we're all going to Dorcia. Jim can hang out. That's it. That's how this ends. I think Jim wants to go too. Well, yeah. Jim can come to Dorcia. We'll just continue you... arguing over there. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't switch your vote, then we flip a coin, and uh, oddly enough, American Psycho is the higher seed. Yeah. Well, okay. So uh, this is so hard for me. I. I... We didn't even go into some of the best characters. You guys didn't even argue some of the best characters in, in, in these movies. Uh, I feel like I could argue my way better with both of these films. God. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, seriously. Take that, Benny. Oh. <laughs> no, it's that's totally fair. My whole strategy was just keep Jim on the defensive, quite frankly. <laughs> oh, you are a smart devil. Um, 
Yeah, because there's so many great characters to cover. Um, Did he change your mind? Sophistry. All right, I'm giving you a five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Uh, and you. And, and we'll see what happens with my brain. How about that? Like, like maybe the pressure will just make it. Ah, yeah. Okay. I like four, this. Three, two, one. Did shining. you shining? Shining. All right. Okay. That must have been really in my gut because I just let whatever happen. Okay. <laughs> nice. It is tails, the shining. No. Oh. He's gonna, how do you negative give me a reservation? <laughs> like, so the shining moves on. I owe you a reservation. <laughs> no, it's okay. Yeah, I uh, reservation anyway, at the overlook. So it's all right. Uh, we move on to our next matchup, Alien, a movie according to Harlan Ellison about a woman protecting her pussy, uh, to Phantom Carriage, a film about a carriage running through, uh, killing people, essentially. Uh, Shayra, what is your, what is your reaction to this? Once again, one of my favorite movies of all time, <laughs> which is The Phantom Carriage, and it was my choice, but it's, it's not that it's the greatest film. It's what it did for film that makes it so great. Um, and I do like to watch it every New Year's now because it's it's just a great New Year's flick. It's it's basically the uh, you know equivalent to the Christmas Carol, but it's a it's a weird deranged version that inspired the beautiful axe scene from The Shining. When people are watching Die Hard, like on Christmas Eve, we're watching Phantom Carriage. So I, I definitely think we should we should do something fun together with that because it's such a great film. Um, but <laughs> Alien is fucking iconic, and uh, the the art, the original Alien has the original awesome art of these creatures. And I actually got in a huge debate today about xenomorphs. Uh, I'm sure some of you guys saw it. Um, so I, I still find it an intriguing topic to just constantly discuss. And it makes me feel like it gives it a little bit more oomph than Phantom Carriage because I can talk about xenomorphs for eons, but I cannot really talk about Phantom Carriage for eons. Although Phantom Carriage is still one of my like favorites that I'll watch every year, much like Die Hard, I think I'm going to have to go with Alien on this just because of the art and the in intriguing conversations I can have with my friends and debates I can have with my friends. So, yeah. All right. Uh, I am going Alien as well. It's 2-0 to you, Noah. This is a hard one for me. Um... Alien is one of my favorite films of all time. Phantom Carriage is uh, unbelievably, uh, it is one of the greatest uh, black and white horror films I've ever seen. Um, it is uh, absolutely iconic. And a lot of the content in Phantom Carriage is terrifying. I mean, the idea of being uh, a reaper of souls and having to come take people. And I forget in our, in our podcast, we talked about like just how long you're assigned to do it. And it's, I think it was like hundreds of years, right? That that's your, that's your existence is to reap, to reap people and bring them on. Um, and that's, I, it, there's so much to think about that. There's so much to ponder as sort of sitting between death and that the perspective therein. 
Um, there's a lot of meat on that bone to sort of talk about. On the other hand, Alien is absolutely terrifying from a from diff- a, a ton of different perspectives. I mean, there's an entire feminist courses in college that that teach just on this movie. Um, this, there's the science stuff in this movie and the, and the beyond and uh, the fear of what lurks out in the dark and uh, sort of in the expanse of human knowledge, right? Going out into the universe and finding things that we ought not find that that want, want us dead that we don't understand, right? Um, you know, so I... Ah, this is really hard. My my gut really goes to Alien on this. Um, I think, and this is one where I just really have to go with how I'm feeling, and uh, like really quickly. So if I think about it too much, I'll just flip back. Um, so I'm gonna give this one to Alien on the caveat that if you're gonna watch Alien, you need to watch Alien on VHS on a CRT television. Um, there's a YouTube video, and I, I'm going to recommend it to you. You can uh, YouTube that. Just YouTube Alien on VHS, and this fellow lays out like an entire 30-minute argument on why it was shot that way, why you should watch it. Uh, you shouldn't watch it on 4K Blu-ray. You should watch it on VHS in the dark on a CRT. If you do it that way, it's a fucking scary movie. It's a scary movie nonetheless, but that's how you watch Alien. So I'm going to give it to Alien. Ben, VHS Alien or... Uh... Old film stock, Phantom Carriage. That's actually, I, I guess maybe it's a tough choice for everyone except for Jim. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I, I want to, I want to give this to Phantom Carriage so badly because it is, again, I mean, just like the argument that I just made, it's a really cool, interesting idea um, and quite revolutionary. Um, referential to the point of being, uh, how many, how many films are derivative of the Phantom Carriage? I wonder. How much technique was all borrowed? How many how many interesting scenes? How many concepts and ideas? You know that carries a lot of weight for me. Um, I mean, I think I if I wanted to watch a movie and be entertained more, it's going to be Alien. But also because of all the reasons that have already been mentioned, it's kind of important too. Um, you know, I mean, this is a this is probably a coin flip for me, honestly. So I feel like it's gonna, it would be really hard for me to argue. Um, and for that reason, I guess I'll just go ahead and go Alien. Alien it is with a 4-0 uh, margin, although uh, probably the toughest 4-0 margin that we've done so far. Yeah. Okay, moving on to uh, Wicker Man and Let Me In. Wicker Man, a movie about a guy going to a creepy island to investigate a murder, and Let Me In, uh, prepubescent vampire love stories, not the other one. Uh, what do you say, Shayra? Um, okay, so Wicker Man is amazing. I love that film so much. Um, I love anything with this weird, like, uh, mystic, weird culture that's here on our planet that we haven't really um, investigated yet kind of vibe. It's it's kind of like Star Trek where they go to a different planet, but it's, you know, just an island of people <laughs> here that exist. And, and, and it, it gives you those vibes of exploration, but it also does that whole us versus them kind of uh, view and, and puts it into a horror element. There's so many amazing performances and the twist, although it's very well known now watching it without knowing the twist is pretty exciting stuff. So um, it's just such a fantastic ride. Um, I feel like I need to go to the, to the wicker man on this, especially since I do like the, uh, let the right one in version of the 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 
non-American version of the film a little bit more. I feel like I have to go Wicker Man on this, but that doesn't mean I don't enjoy the story of Let Me In. Um, I think the thing that does it over is which one has the best fire? And I think Wicker <laughs> Man has the best fire because it's so CGI bad in Let Me In. So, um, yeah, I think I'm going to have to go <laughs> with Wicker Man. I'm going to go Wicker Man as well. 2-0 to you, Noah. Yeah, so I chose Let Me In. Um, and I'm going to pick the Wicker Man. Um, Let Me In is is great. Um, it's uh, a film that's uh, deeply, deeply involved in codependency. Um, it's, it's drenched in it. Um, especially the American version. I got it more from the American version than I did in the Swedish version. Swedish version is definitely the superior movie. Um, but nonetheless, Let Me In is a fantastic movie, and I've gotten into so many debates with friends about interpreting it. You know, even Jim sort of mentioned it as a love story. In my mind, it is, it is, if it's a love story, it's one of the worst love stories imaginable. Um, it is not a good ending. It is, it, it's, it, nothing good happens in that movie by the end. Um, it's very, it, oddly enough, I said the same thing about Midsommar. Um, but, uh, I'm going to give it to Wicker Man because Wicker Man basically not by the way the bees not the bees wicker man we're not it, right. just to clarify right it's let me an american version not swedish and it's the wicker man 70 i think it's 72 73 um you know just the one without the bees um but uh that was my introduction really to folk horror and so, i got to give it to antonio our other co-host um for introducing me to that um fantastic movie um everything about it was uh, i mean i sort of knew what was going to happen at the end and it still sort of kept me going for a loop and uh, i i just the iconic oh jesus oh jesus christ jesus christ like that that scene specifically really dug a a, a hole in me because it was this very charismatically evangelical and at times strict religious person seeing this other people living very differently and seeing the, the the fear of it. There was this very palpable fear of not that other people don't see the world the same way that you do. Oh, and by the way, you're going to get sacrificed as a result. But, it, you know, it, it just it, it spoke to me, I think. It spoke to some of my fears and seeing the world in a different way that you may not have seen them before. Um, so, uh, yeah, if I got to rate the two, I'd, I'd give this one to Wicker Man. Wicker Man 3-0 to you, Ben? Um. This also, I, I guess, like, I'm just not going to differ in this one either because the original Wicker Man, again, not the Nick Cage version, but, yeah, the original right. is just so phenomenally better and so much more interesting. Um, yeah, I really got to, again, Antonio, this was Antonio's recommendation. I never would have watched this had it not been for that. I would have just been like, okay, well, the Wicker Man's a stupid story. It's actually not. This this original work is is incredible. Um, and I do like the Swedish for uh, Let the Right One, and I, I do like that one much more than Let Me In. So, I mean, this one isn't a hard decision for me. Uh, it goes to the Wicker Man. All right, Wicker Man takes it. Moving on to our next bracket, we have The Silence of the Lambs, a love story about a lady interviewing a serial killer to find another serial killer, and Hagazusa, a film about a, a witch who is exiled from society. Uh, supposedly witch who's exiled from society. Um, what do you say, Shayra? I say this is going to probably turn into a debate. And I don't <laughs> care. You guys know where I'm going with this. Um, I love Silence of the Lambs. I did not care for Hagazusa. It doesn't mean I don't see the merits of it. Um, it just didn't vibe with me. 
and that's fine. Like, I would probably recommend it to certain people. It doesn't mean that I didn't appreciate what it was. It means that I personally didn't vibe with it. Um, but Silence of the Lambs is one of those, once again, iconic films. And I really love this depiction of Hannibal Lecter. I love the feminism in Silence of the Lambs. I I love all of, even the music. I mean, it's, the dog is adorable. And, and a part of, like, it's a character in the story. Like, how do you make this cute little dog part of the character? It, it, it's so well written. It's so well put together. And um, even though we could probably argue that some of the scenes couldn't possibly happen, it's still just a fun ride. And uh, it's definitely one of those things I'll watch over and over and over again, probably till the day I die. So it has to go to Silence of the Lambs. I do see the importance of the other film, but it's silence and I, I know where Jim's going. And so now I'm just curious to where Ben and Noah are going. <laughs> so Noah, what do you say? Okay, I'm not going to lie. That was actually scarier than Anthony Hopkins. So I, I don't know what to make of that. Um, so are, are you going silence of the lambs? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No doubt. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cause if you weren't going to answer, I was going to be like, well, clearly he's Hagazusa. So um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Hagazusa has grown on me. Um, it's uh it's it's such a weird film to me um it's uh, i it's i tell my wife this every once in a while there's a drink called a moscow mule i don't know if you guys have ever had a moscow mule i can't tell if i like that drink or i hate it and every time i have one i'm like is it the ginger beer i don't know like but i'll drink it and i've had them every once in a while and i'm like man this is gross but it's like good too it's good gross and that's kind of how I feel about Hagazusa. I'm like, I, it's, it's so interesting and different and there's hardly any dialogue in it and it's beautiful and it's almost an entirely naturalistic film. There's really no supernatural stuff going on. We argue this during our podcast. Um, it, it just, it left me, it just left me wanting more. I, just, I don't know. It just left me a little hollow wanting more. I, I, I appreciate the aesthetic, the beauty of it. Um, but I'm going to go with Silence of the Lambs. I'm not going with Silence of the Lambs because it's iconic. Um, I don't give a fuck if it's iconic. Shining's iconic. I, I didn't get my vote. Um, I'm going with it just because it kept me, it kept me interested more than Hagazusa, um, for a billion different reasons. Um, it was more cerebral to me. Um, it, uh, it, I, I loved seeing a female protagonist in the light of Clarice Starling. It was kind of a precursor to, uh, to uh, Dana Scully in the X-Files, you know, as, as we said in the podcast. So there's a lot of stuff that I appreciated about the movie that that sort of sunk in more, kept me on the edge of my seat, um, made me think, um, you know, the acting was phenomenal. It just overall did a lot more stuff. There was more stuff to talk about, to think about um, than in Hagazusa. Hagazusa was just this calm, slow sort of thing thing and i wasn't sure what to make of it It doesn't mean it was bad and i think the second third time i've seen it now i'm starting to get it more i'm earning it a little more but um that moscow mule starting to taste a certain way you know but um just overall i gotta i gotta give it to to, uh to uh um silence of the lambs okay ben what do you say ben surprisingly this one is actually pretty close to a coin flip for me too um, mm-hmm. I rated them the same, but 
it's they're they're both high scoring for me 4.5s for very different reasons um i wish i really wish i could say for the sake of argument that anthony hopkins carried silence of the lambs and it was just his performance that made it amazing i don't think that's the case um and that sucks because i really want to make that argument but i can't in good faith uh yeah, I mean, like everything that everyone said so far is absolutely true. I mean, it is kind of um, it is it is a masterpiece. Um, but Hegazusa really does deserve to be defended. Um, I get that it's it's kind of art house and it's not going to be for everybody. But I think what they are able to convey without using dialogue is 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 phenomenal. It speaks worlds. Um, and maybe it doesn't necessarily jump out to everyone what's like the the full scope of what's going on. Um, we do say that Silence of the Lambs is a cerebral film in comparison. Uh, I think this, I, I would argue, in fact, that this is more so because you really have to have, I think, your intuition sort of honed in in a certain way and really be looking for all of the value that exists within this movie. For instance, I mean, like the, the story of a woman who has been scorned by society primarily for religious reasons who gets fucked and absolutely entirely fucked just because she's the outsider and decides to take everyone out with her and does this thing that seems like witchcraft but it's not magic it it would just seem crazy if you didn't know that germs existed and because of this thing that she did that seemed like you know this crazy thing she took everyone out in the village that had um presumably who had had hurt her in some way and hurt her mother and did this for just this bias when they were supposed to be these these communal like sort of christian people um it's incredible, but it's also, again, like we were talking about with The Shining, sort of the story of a slow descent into madness because a person can really only take so much ostracization, ostracize, ostracization? Yeah, that was ostracization. Close. I, I don't right, actually right, right, know yeah, whatever. Really. I mean, They can only can take only... so much ostriches, okay? Yeah, yeah. they're only <laughs> so much ostriches. And I mean, I think that too, if you really think about that and how that sort of plays into, I think, some of our current issues, especially with gun culture in America, right? Like that's sort of the narrative that, people become so desperate because of their position in society that they're willing to harm others and sort of self-destruct, you know, at the same time. Um, I don't know, man, there's really a lot to dig into in this story and this core story that they've dug out and communicated mostly without words in a very gorgeous way. And this was the dude's first, first full length feature film. Yeah. You know, I mean, man, uh, I don't know. I'm going to vote for it just because it's so unexpected. It is so unexpected and so good um, that it deserves a defense and it deserves a vote. Yeah, I, I, and I, our viewers who watch this, you know, they're ever, everyone's going to know what Silence of the Lambs is. But um, if you haven't seen Hagazusa, my God, you definitely, you owe it to yourself to watch it. Um, it's a, it's a, an incredibly interesting movie. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I'll echo everything Ben said. Um, it's definitely worth checking out. It's definitely worth, watch it on acid. It's even better. Just going to throw that out there. Has goat masturbation, if you're into that. I mean, go go for it. Who, so. who isn't? Um, uh, yeah. So, Silence of the Lambs uh, takes it, uh, despite uh, Ben's Ben's dissident vote, shall we say? Um, and then we move on now to a rather contentious one, I think. Uh, possibly, we've got a girl walks home alone at night, a film about a girl who walks home alone at night, and Antichrist, a movie about the Antichrist. <laughs> Um, go ahead. These are getting ridiculous. These are getting so ridiculous, but they're making me no. so. <laughs> I know. They're no. Not... <laughs> Neither of those movies are about what I said they were. <laughs> go ahead and share. No, but 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 I don't wanna. Yeah, this one's hard. <laughs> you have to choose. 
<laughs> I thought you were knowing. I thought you were knowing my descriptions. I'm like, I know my descriptions are. Okay. So. I love Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. It is so different. It is so interesting. The the stark black and white, but the grays are still very stark too. Uh, the shots are fucking amazing. I I see this creepy girl, you know, wearing all black, riding a skateboard, and uh, totally fucking up some dudes that are trying to be creepy and horrible. There is women directors, women writers, women being badass, uh, vampires, of course, and uh, great fucking music, uh, cute cats. It's it's so cool. You can't even place where is this. Uh, what is this? What time is this? It doesn't matter. It's fucking interesting. You're going to watch it. You're going to love it. It's, it's fucking amazing. Um, oh, God. What is the second one? God, I can't even, because I'm, I'm afraid for you to say it. Don't say it. Don't say Antichrist. Okay. <laughs> oh, God, no. I love Antichrist, too. Um... I was like, please say something I'm not going to like. I'm hoping it just all of a sudden changes. Antichrist is, in our show's history, iconic. Because Uh we were all fucked up over this film. We all were... uh, We were so messed up over this film that my friend, who was here at the house, I subjected her to it. We reacted to it. She ended up coming onto the show at the end to just... Say, ah, why'd you do this? And she got mad at Ben and, and then got to hang out with Ben. That's uh, worth points. Later. I'm just saying that's worth points. It, it made friends over a uh, mutual what the fuck is wrong with you. It's um, it, it brings people together. OK, it's a family film because <laughs> chaos reigns. <laughs> it's I don't know. It, the beginning opening sequence to Antichrist, which once again is another black and white situation, right? One of the most interesting openings to a film, still to this day, that I've ever seen in my life. It is poetry, it is opera, it is drama, it is holy shit. Uh, And I can watch it over and over again because it's so powerful. Um, And then, of course, the rest of it is super powerful too, but that is such an iconic opening for me. Like, it's, whoa. And then, of course, there's the... uh, chopping of the clit that definitely put me over the edge and I was pacing back and forth in my living room here (laughs) and just like why 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 um so one is just gorgeous and beautiful and important and says something and adds an aesthetic that is so unique and beautiful and the other fucked me up royally how do you choose I'm going to go with the one that affected me more as opposed to the one that I thought was much more beautiful and much more uh, just it's probably something I'm going to tell every woman to watch. But I think I'm going to go with Antichrist on this. Uh, Acorns falling on my roof because I'm probably making the wrong decision. But I'm going to go with Antichrist. Acorns keep falling on my head. Um... Yeah, I've been this is one that I've I've had a hard time with. I was I've been on the Antichrist train for a while and I've been on the Girl Walks Home Alone at Night train 
for a while. And I think the way you framed it, Shayra, I've got to go with Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Just, just the way you framed it means that I have to go home. I, I got to go home with the girl who walks home alone. Uh, all right. Noah. Wow. Yeah. One of these films is beautiful and the other is ugly. And it's, it's uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think one of these films is, is gorgeous and beautiful and the other is ugly, both in, in terms of content and even how they're filmed. Um, but, you know, this is a horror podcast. And one of the things that we want to take away from, I think, from this is the one that puts a stone in your shoe that affects you more deeply um, and I, I, this was hard for me because both of these films are fantastic, but I got to give it to Antichrist, um, just because I have, there's very few times I've left a movie feeling that messed up and not messed up, like saw messed up, you know what I mean? Like where I saw gross things. Um, this is a, there, this is a movie where, yeah, a woman cuts her clitoris off where a guy comes blood. I mean, it's some of the, when you tell people that they go, I'm not going to watch that. That's disgusting and gross. And why would you subject yourself to it? But when you actually watch the movie and you understand the context and you understand what's going on and you get the story and you get everything else around it, it, I don't want to say it makes it less gross, but it makes it make more sense. Um, and uh, just a horrific film about, you know, the psyche being twisted because of trauma and pain and the reversal of the Edenic realm that we talked a lot about, that the closer you get to nature, what is it, like nature's Satan's church, I think is a big part of that movie. It's it's the it's the Garden of Eden reversed, right? Um and there's a lot of biblical stuff going on in that movie. If you if you enjoy your Bible, watch Antichrist. You know, take your kids. Why? You know, just lie. Say it's a G-rated film. Uh, good decisions, guys. I I, I love a girl walks uh, um, a at night. Um, it's beautiful. It's majestic. The lighting is so warm and inviting. It's uh it's it's gorgeous and beautiful and 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 an important movie. Um, but this is one of those times where I'm going to go with the viscerality and pain and trauma and guilt and cruelty and chaos of, uh, a Von Trier film. And, uh, it, this definitely goes to Antichrist for me. Ben? Vote for Antichrist? <laughs> well, I mean, this one is actually pretty tough. I mean, Lars Von Trier, obviously, he's a director that, um... You when you when you're watching one of his movies, you kind of know it. Uh, I don't think it's really hard to pick up on his unique eccentricities that sort of make his stuff interesting. But I think the same thing can be said for Anna Lily Amir Poor. Like she made a lot of herself known through A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, um, and that's really cool. And it's a shame that they had to be compared with each other. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of the same thing with um with Creep, right? I mean, it's like so unique to the creator that it, you know, I mean, you don't want it to be paired up against something that's that similar just because that quality in and of itself ought to play into the rubric somehow. Um, I don't know. I mean, like directors that show personality in their work, I think are closer to being true artists than the mass produced stuff that we, that we get like, you know, kind of like the Marvel films and like not to shit on those too heavily, but you know, I mean, there, there is the debate of whether or not they can really be called cinema right now. And like, that's, that's interesting. That's kind of an interesting debate to be had, but I, I do really understand the side of the argument where if you have like these directors that are actually producing something unique to their own vision and in their own sort of really cool style and in a way that can't be reproduced, sort of like watching the best comedians. You really just they can't be copied. Their jokes can't be copied. And it's the same with horror. 
shit. I mean, it's the exact same thing. Speaking of comedy with Jordan Peele, like there are a lot of these really interesting directors that you can name that make some of the best horror out there. And it's because you can really see their personality in their work. Now, you know, that aside, um, I don't, I don't think I'm, I'm again, like, you know, I, I don't think I'm horribly eschewed from the, the common opinion here, even though I think both of these were mine, right? Like Antichrist, definitely. I think I, I recommend the other one as well, but I, I like both of them again for different reasons, but yeah, man, like Antichrist is, is powerful. It is a powerful movie. Um, really interesting, tough decision, but I think I'm going to go with Foncher on this one. That means I have one minute to convince you otherwise. And that starts now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I echo a lot of the similar thoughts, but I think that Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, I think, Shayra, you you set it up where I've got to choose the film that affected me the most or affected the world the most. And I'm going to choose the one that affected the world the most. And even the way that this film affected me, Antichrist affected me, it was... It, it it almost rivaled Saw in terms of its gross out. That's what I remember most about Antichrist is the gross out moments. It's not actually the types of moments that you guys are 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 sussing out. And I think that's because of the overwhelming power of the come blood clit cut uh, moments of that movie. They 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 overshadow too much. It's like it, it's like fennel on anything like if you eat fennel on anything then the <laughs> the the power of the fennel taste is going to overpower the rest of the dish and that's it did anyone's vote change i just love it's like it's fennel uh, okay and so that's <laughs> jim is very proper I, that's what no, i like about this I, I think i think i get the argument right i mean it's it's kind of the same thing that you see maybe with really spicy food some people like it some people don't like a lot of spice but if you're okay with the spice then mm -hmm. you can see sort of the rainbow of flavors that exist underneath that sort of like powerful sensation uh, yeah my vote didn't change no yeah i i uh i certainly appreciate i i appreciate your counter uh and it, it, it's a good counter um, I, I, I think we just have a very fundamental disagreement about, let's say the way Shayra put it, uh, the way Shayra framed it, changing the world versus changing you. And for me, it's 10 times out of 10 go going to be weighted to, to have what I felt me, you know? So, uh, yeah, but that said, I res I respect your counter, but I'm going to keep my vote. Shayra, you were most on the fence. Maybe I, maybe I got you over on my side. I think you're going to toss a coin. Oh, you're back over to my home alone at night. Oh, Actually, I, okay, yes. and I, I need to justify why. Um, we do five-minute argument first, but... Uh, but the thing is, is um, you know, it's it's not just that the, the it, it affects people. It's... I love Antichrist. God, that opening is amazing. But there are so many scenes from Girl Walks Home Alone at Night that... I felt were like sweet and romantic and funny. And I really like that films are turning to this world of what is this genre? I don't fucking know. Watch the goddamn film. <laughs> I feel like that's where we need to go with storytelling. And, you know, he talked about it, the, the fennel thing. Yeah. It, it has those whoa moments that kind of stick out. I feel like there's a, a proper spicing to a girl walks home alone at night not just in oh shit moments but in uh genre 
it, what is it? I don't know. Yeah, Watch it's, it. It's very genre bending. You're, you're right. It's a very genre bending. And when he said uh, fennel, I, I was like, that's what the genre is doing too. Like it's so blended. What, what am I even watching? It's so interesting. So it, I know it wasn't exactly the point you were making, but it made me go, that's what the genre does too. God damn it, Jim. You uh, so we've got five yeah. minutes. We got five minutes to talk this out. Uh, I do you want me to represent Girl Walks Home or do you want to try, Shara? Oh God. I'll, I'll um, Girl Walks Home. <laughs> I, I'm good to just I'm good to just flip. Like I feel like we've hashed out. I mean, to me, I feel like we've yeah. hashed out all, everything we need to say. I mean, I'm not. I don't have anything else to say in particular. I ben? think we know that we all like both of these films. Yeah. Mm. And I think I don't. I don't know. Maybe Ben, are you on the fence at all? Does still? someone want to fight? No. Basically, I, I don't. I don't I'll think fight. I'm on the fence, but I, I, th- I think I'd like this set up a little better, right? So where we have, you know, the the one minute argument. If somebody happens to switch and change their mind, um, then we can go ahead and flip because then it's two two. I think that's fair. Oh well, that's not the way we laid it out at the beginning of the podcast. Oh. Uh, we could do Maybe another five minutes. Maybe just with this one. Maybe yeah, just we'll with do- this one. Okay, just with this one, we'll just go straight to the flip instead of oh, okay, the... okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Antichrist was a 3.7, and A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night is 4.25. That means Girl Walks Home Alone at Night is heads. And flipping now, it is tails. Thank God. Antichrist. Antichrist. Right. That would have killed me if uh, that one wouldn't have made it to the next seat. I, 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 I love... A girl walks home alone at night, but and that I would have it, died. It, it was meant to be a coin yeah. flip, though, don't you think? Yeah. That one was a hard one. Yeah, that that's rough. So, uh, Antichrist moves on on a coin flip. For our next matchup, we have The Babadook, a film about a woman whose bratty son won't let her masturbate, and Creep, a movie about a... <laughs> This is great. I wish I I want to cut back to the reactions to Noah and Shayra to my uh to my introduction to the Babadook and uh, Creep, a film about a videographer filming a creepy dude. Uh, what do you say, Shayra? <laughs> it's so hard based off of those descriptions. The camera. Um. <laughs> okay, so Babadook is such a fantastic film. Um. I, I wanted to punch the kid the whole time. I get it. It's what a frustrating child makes you never want to have kids again. Creep is really, really fantastic, though. I, I love Creep. Uh, in fact, that was one of our OG films we we reviewed. And then we started posting about it. And we actually got responses from the filmmakers. Uh, and I think even Ben went to go and see the screening of Creep 2 and meet some people. So Creep kind of was a way for us to creep into the film industry and do creeps kind of like our gig right i kind of think of when i think of our podcast i think of creep you know yeah and and you know of course there, there's so many jokes from it now for for me and my <laughs> my husband it's like we talk about the bath time stuff tubby time <laughs> we have so many like inside jokes now based off of that film uh so creep makes you feel very uncomfortable and makes you um, kind of drawn into a character that you shouldn't be drawn into. You know you shouldn't go towards the light, but you do anyway. It's the moth to the flame kind of a storyline. Whereas Babadook is where she's like, I need to run away from this situation. 
but that's probably the wrong thing to do because this is my child and I have a responsibility. Um, so it's kind of different. Like the main characters, one is drawn in and the other is trying to get the fuck out. Uh, and I, I know a lot of people really like the Babadook, but Creep really fucked me up. I still have weird feels about it and it, and it messes with my head. Um, I thought Creep 2 was really fantastic, probably more so maybe. If if it becomes a Creep versus Creep 2, that's going to be, I don't know what to do. But I think with Creep versus Babadook, I'm going to have to go Creep. I'm with you. I'm going Creep as well, even though I really like the Babadook. Um, this was another one I was I was back and forth on. But at the end of the day, I'm going Creep. What about you, Noah? Uh, I think I think Creep was my selection. Uh, I think no, I don't have the uh, the Excel up, but I think Creep is my selection. But I'm actually going to give this to Babadook. Um, uh, you know, we have Creep too. I think that made it into the next seed, right? Um, so we have, I think, the the higher, the better version of the of uh, the film. I mean, not to not Creep. Creep's fantastic, but I think Creep Two is a little better. So that's already gone to the next seed. And I think the Babadook, I, I would be remiss if the Babadook didn't make it to the next, uh, to the next seed, just because the Babadook is a fantastic film about uh, something that I think is, uh, I mean, when we think about all the movies we've done in this podcast about mental illness, um, I don't know if any of them do it as well as, as the Babadook. I, I don't even think hereditary. Um, I think that this is a very deep, look at the psyche of someone who has been damaged and scarred because of the loss of her husband and sort of the the balling up of grief and trauma and pain and anxieties in raising a son who's not coping well with working and not having a spouse and having it all conglomerate into this being this entity sorry if you haven't seen Babadook by the way uh don't don't listen to me um you know so uh it, there's uh, absolutely uh, like jaw-droppingly scary scenes too in the Babadook with the little <laughs> the things and you see in the corner I mean it's got very um very uh what's it, very genre horror elements to it there are pop-out scares that are good and they're they're not all over the place they're sparse just the way I like it in a horror movie it's an intelligent horror movie talks about something incredibly deep and profound it's an emotional horror film it's familial in a, in a way that speaks to me. Uh, we've gone over some movies that are familial horror films that don't speak to me. This one between a mother and her son did it, you know, really did that for me. Creep, on the other hand, is absolutely amazing. And we, what I'll give to Creep is that it's unique. It's mumblecore style. It's two dudes who went up into cabin and started trying to make things awkward, and they came out with the movie Creep. And my God, I mean, that is amazing to think of that. But since we already have Creep 2 pushed forward, I'm going to go with the Babadook because I think the Babadook needs to go. I think it needs to go to the next area. I'd be remiss to have the Babadook sit there and just be cut off right at the very beginning because it should go up against a, a, a plethora of different films, I think, in the next seed. Um, so I'm going to give it to Babadook. Ben? Man, this one actually is pretty. This must be the difficult seed where we have all the really good movies just sort of packed in against each other for some reason. <laughs> totally. Um, cause I'm definitely feeling a little bit of duplicity about my, my decision here. Um, <laughs> just a call back to that. 
Dude, this is tough. I think Noah kind of sold me though. Like I, I really wanted to give this to Creep, um, just because I do like it so fucking much. It is so good. It is so so good for lots of reasons. But yeah, the Bobby Duck also. I mean, it defend it, it deserves its day in court. I really don't think. And I know like the intros are, are meant to be funny, but I mean, with this one in particular, I don't think it is the story of just some irritating child. You know, I mean, like you you got to take this into context where they actually have a scene to cue you into the fact that other people's kids are so much worse. Like they have this, this really great shot where they have one mother with seven kids, presumably at a birthday party, crawling all over her and screaming and, and being kids uh, while she's trying to talk on the phone. And she seems to be fine. She's, you know, doling out parental instructions or whatever, trying to keep the mess uh, contained. And then on the other hand, we have our, our main character and her son sort of sitting quietly at a table and she's still feeling this immense level of anxiety. Now, you also have to understand that both characters are suffering from an extreme loss. And so it would be understandable for this child to be vocalizing its distress. Um, it seems to be internalizing. And like you can really go into the fact that this this kid, you know, maybe he has some type of autism or something like that. Maybe something else is going on. Maybe that's why he's a little bit different because it seems like it's clear that he is a little bit different. But he is experiencing trauma as well and figuring out how to process that while his mother is completely unreceptive and dealing with her own internal demons. And you have that all manifested in this sort of like monster tale. And it's, and I mean, it is really good. Um, and I think it's also an Australian film. So like, I really want to give credit to our international directors who are really, you know, killing it with work like this. So yeah, I mean, I guess I'll go ahead and go with that so we can discuss it a little bit more. <laughs> all right. So Bombadook uh, 2, Creep 2. Uh, who wants to argue for Babadook? I'll, I'll argue for Babadook. Uh, Shabra, you and me versus, uh, which one do you want to do creep or should I? Okay, I'll go ahead. <laughs> I, I kind of want to argue it, but in a way, I don't know that I'm going to adjust this because the creep two argument. So I want to see if you could possibly argue it better. All right. um, I think everybody knows Creep is fucking fantastic. Everybody better go watch it right now. Five minutes starts now. You and me, Noah. Okay. Okay. Um, so the Babadook ended up losing just because uh, what movie would I like to watch right now? If it's, since this is a horror f- uh, film and, and I wanna, I'm in the mood to be scared or creeped out or, or feel things, what am I going to watch right now? And the... The child, even though it is appropriate to the film and even though it is a uh, it's appropriate that the child is as annoying as he is, I would much rather watch Mark Duplass try to creep the shit out of Patrick Bryce than I would watch the the drama going on. And and actually, I think that The Babadook is sort of just a a drama about having children. that has these supernatural elements thrown in that at its core it's a drama and it works that way and so if anything it seems as though the supernatural elements detract from the film rather than add to it and so that's why i am going with creep which is at its core a draw a a a uh uh, a confrontation between these two opposing forces that are absolute that that work so well off of each other. It's shorter. It's it's quicker. It gets it does what it needs to do in the most efficient possible way that it could do it. I could cut scenes out of Babadook and not miss them. Okay. 
Yeah, so uh, this is interesting. When I have people over, and occasionally my wife and I do this, we'll have a scary movie night with friends. Um, I actually, they because they know I'm the horror guy, they go, what movie do you think would be great? And I literally remember picking between The Babadook and Creep. Uh, they were both on Netflix at the time, and I was like, okay. So I, and I, I sort of have to think of the people I'm sitting with, and I go, are these people that are going to be more inclined to want like traditional horror stuff, tropey stuff? Uh, you know, or are they going to want something really unique, novel that is just all cerebral for the most part, right? And um, and so uh, I chose Babadook uh, when we did this, and they were all blown away by it. Um, so I it, it, I think for the common horror fan, um, the it's got more genre inclusive elements. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about, Jim. There are scary, scary back and forths uh, and and unbelievably dramatic sequences in Babadook and it's not about the kid. I mean the kid is a character in the Babadook, but the the thing that's going on in the Babadook is entirely within the sphere of the mom. The mom is the yeah, Babadook, right? I agree. Like that, that's the conflict that the mom has seems so much more monumental, visceral and important like just outside like it seems like a much larger endeavor to discuss in a horror movie. It's more high-minded than the manipulative behind the scene jazz-esque back and forth that you see between Bryce and Duplass and Creep. And I, I well, love Creep. And I think that that back and forth and that jazz is beautiful and fantastic. But at the end of the day, it's a movie about one guy manipulating another guy and then axing him in the back of the head, right? Um, right. So what that's, I'm, yeah, that's what it. I'm that's, arguing, that's Creep. What I'm arguing is that uh, the Babadook doesn't need the Babadook. That the Babadook is a drama that needs the characters of the mother and the son. I don't you know actually what the don't Babadook those. would look like without the Babadook. I, I'm, that's what I'm arguing, is that this film at its core is, is a drama. And it works as a drama. I like it as a drama. I'm not totally shitting on the movie as I totally shit on some other movies that we'll yeah. talk about. But this, it's not a movie that I'm totally shitting on. It's a movie yeah. that but I think it's... wouldn't it be it's... much less scary? I mean, there are scenes in The Babadook where the personification of all of the guilt and all of the anxiety it is the Babadook, and you see it personified and actualized as a being. Um, if you remove that, I don't understand how it would really work as a drama and have it be anything other. Like, it just would seem deflated at that point. Like, you have this cathartic beast that she gives all of her anxieties to, but and it's, it's a, terrifying. And it's she beats it, and it gives her something to overcome. That's the other thing, Jim is that it gives her an external reality to face. She's able to beat the monster by looking at it. And if there is no Babadook, no monster, there's nothing to look at. But it's a film that you called yourself tropey. It is. I mean, if that's it's tropey, the, the tropes are in, engendered in the Babadook. In at, the, at, at times it's tropey, but then, yeah. you know, tropey doesn't always equate to insanely negative either. You know what I mean? It's certainly a, a, more of a horror genre uh, film than I think um, Creep is. But uh, I think there's good tropes and bad tropes. There's tropes being useful, and then there's tropes being done in abundance too much. And um, you get the last word. All right. Uh, did anyone change the vote? No, I, I think I'm mm, – after thinking about it, I, I do think I'm going to go ahead and stick with Babadook on this one just because I feel like – I don't know, like recommendability, you know? Um, 
I, I don't think that plays in with me. Like I actually, I feel like I would be the kind of person that would recommend Creep over Babadook, oh. but that's okay because I would never recommend the Antichrist, and I probably wouldn't recommend <laughs> the Seventh Seal either. And they're extremely good movies in my view. Um, yeah, I don't know. So anyway, I think I'm I'm sticking Jared, with it. Did you uh, did you change your vote? Um, the thing is, is with Creep. I really enjoy that film to the point where it's one of the first things that I, I think of when I think of our podcast (laughs) and, um, and it it might just be nostalgia and, and ooey gooey happy feelings hanging out with you guys. That makes me just enjoy that film more. Um, But at the end of the day, it creeped me the fuck out it made me very uncomfortable and made me not like what was happening on the screen. So I got to stick with that one because the Babadook, I was just like, what an annoying brat. And with creep, I was like, (laughs) ew, stop, stop, stop. (laughs) So creep creep is the the lower seated. So creep is tails and Babadook is heads flipping. Now it is tails. Creep. That's three oh. tails in a row, Jim. What's what's yeah, wrong with your app? What's going on? That, that just means there. that the next one is. Hey, it helped you guys it. out one time, so you know. Damn it, that's true. Damn it. No, that's 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 political logic. I'm not. I'm not. No. <laughs> it's <laughs> no. rigged. It's rigged. We're going with the odds. Damn it. Well, Moving now. Next time we know heads will win, probably. So or will it? Maybe. Uh, maybe, maybe it will. Maybe app. it will be. Maybe it will be Midsummer versus It 2017 that goes to a coin flip. Uh, we shall see. Oh, Midsummer, no. a film about a bunch of sociolo- sociologists going to a Midsummer festival. It, children battling a creepy clown. What do you say, Shara? I say we're probably going to discuss things a lot further when it comes to Midsummer, since I know this is an obvious win. So I'm going to put this out there about It. I loved It. After I watched the second part, as a as a a whole, it's much better because the book was a back and forth between now and then, and the put it together, and it's a back and forth between now and then. But if you just watch the first one, it's just the then, which is really not what I wanted from it. I did not want to just see them being kids the whole time. Um, it was kind of fun trying to figure out who would play them, you know, as adults for the second one. That was a, a fun on the edge of your seat thing. But at the end of the day, uh, I I appreciate the first it after watching the second part. But I just cannot let it beat Midsummer. It will exactly. not beat Midsummer. Uh Thank you, Bill Skarsgård. Uh, you creeped us all out very much with your fact that your eyeballs oogly googly in your head naturally, and it's not a CGI effect. Uh, your your clown was creepier, and therefore it didn't do the right thing that we wanted originally because we were comparing it to Tim Curry's performance. But at the end of the day, you were cool. We could do without the drool. 
there's way too much drool. It didn't make sense to me, but uh, Bill Skarsgård yeah. is like watching this right now, like taking notes. <laughs> Damn it! I knew I did something <laughs> wrong. <laughs> yeah, Bill Skarsgård looks to us for acting notes. In which I case, uh, and so does Florence Pugh. So uh, anything. Oh man, I hope she does. Hey there. I hey, hope so. You're amazing. We love you. We'll probably talk way more about Midsummer on the next uh, seating. I'm guessing, but this one just seems really obvious to me. I just wanted to give some shout out to it. I appreciate you a little bit more now with the part two, but there's no way you can beat Midsummer. So, so Midsummer for me as well, Noah. Yeah, I feel like comparing this is a travesty on par with the sinking of the Titanic. I mean, Jesus, it's Midsummer a hundred, a hundredfold, so much better than it, 2017. Ben. Yeah, I mean, if we're just talking about the first one, obviously Bill Skarsgård was fantastic, and I mean it. It's it's really again to share his points. Too bad we can't roll these up because James McAvoy is crazy good, uh, and Bill Hader is notable as well. Not to mention in the second one they actually hung a lantern on things a little bit, and they actually had a little bit of comedy blended in, which is kind of interesting. Um, yeah, but I mean, if if we're just going 2017 versus Midsummer, um, I guess it's gonna have to be Midsummer. Midsummer moves on with 4-0 victory. All right, moving on to the next bracket. The voting order changes slightly. Um, and I will, uh, I will go first, Noah, Ben, and Shayra, you're last. Um, so, uh, we have Triangle. This is a Bermuda Triangle film. Um, it goes up against Triangle, which is a Bermuda Triangle film. And it goes up against Triangle, which is a Bermuda <laughs> Triangle film. And it goes up against, I, I mean, Suspiria uh, 77, the Dario Argento film. Uh, I am choosing Triangle. Noah? Oh, 100% Triangle. Triangle is, is in my mind, the, uh, the uh, uh, most underestimated, least watched film that everyone on the planet should see. Uh, Suspiria 77, I know, is the classic Argento giallo horror, but... Um, Go watch our podcast on that. We sort of weren't happy with that, that style of film, I think. Um, and yeah, we got into a lot of debates about the stuff that goes on in the 77 Suspiria. Kind of thought the 2018 Suspiria, which we're going to vote here in a little bit, was better. But um, Triangle is an experience. So 100% Triangle. Then we've got Triangle, which is a Bermuda Triangle film about, oh, uh, go ahead. <laughs> Your turn. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I echo those sentiments. I really enjoyed the newer Suspiria, I think, better than the older one. Um, so in this regard, because, well, I mean, like both both stories are actually pretty, pretty original, really. I mean, the plot lines are fairly interesting. Um, but yeah, I guess I, I guess I'll go ahead and go with Triangle with this one, because I feel like my displeasure with the original Suspiria wouldn't allow me to create a very good argument in its favor. Shayra, we've got Triangle, which is a Bermuda Triangle film versus Suspiria 77. So here's a weird matchup, right? Uh, Triangle, I did not, I was not on that show. You guys don't know what my vote for Triangle was. Suspiria was one of my recommendations, but uh, both Suspiria's. But I wasn't there for that show because I was really, really badly sick. So you guys don't even know what my scores are on either of these films. Mm. Um, so it's an intriguing situation here. 
Um, I absolutely love Triangle. I love all the loop-de-loops. I love all the necklaces. Uh, it's a very interesting film. It definitely stuck with me. Uh, the reason why I recommended Suspiria is there was... It is the epitome of the Jello horror. Like, I, I really do appreciate the wildness of the Italian bloody, beautiful women uh, horror, but I also love a lot of feminism added into stuff, the witchcraft, all that stuff. But the real thing that really sticks out for me for Suspiria 77 is the lighting. The lighting is so... I don't know if you know this about me, but I like lighting. My whole house has really weird, colorful lighting all over. And that aesthetic is totally me. Um, The creepy storylines are so me. Both of those films are kind of awesome to me. And they're so weirdly different. But I do also agree with you guys, and this is a little bit of a spoiler alert, I did like the uh, newer one better. Sorry, Argento. Uh, I the uh, I'll probably get into this in the new Suspiria. There were a lot of things I liked about the new Suspiria a lot better, and I feel like we're saying blasphemy here. And I feel like there's going to be people mad, and I kind of don't care. Um, but I'm going to have to go with Triangle on this. So, Sorry, Suspiria. So Triangle moves on, and Triangle moves on. And triangle moves on, and we go to our next uh, our next matchup, which is Hereditary uh, versus Us. Hereditary, a film about a mother desperately trying to keep her family together. Us, a film about how we are being torn apart. I've got to go with Tony Collette's amazing performance. Hashtag an Oscar for Tony. Uh, Hereditary is my vote. Noah. Yeah, this is a really hard one. Uh, I, I, I'm glad, though, that they're going up against one another. I feel like they, you know, Triangle Suspiria seems like obvious to me, I think, especially knowing us. But this is hard. This is this is a rough one, I think. Um, both of these films are just beautifully shot. They're done by relatively new directors. Ari Aster's first major film. Um, and I think this was Jordan Peele's second. Um these are the two like guys that are hitting it out of the park today, these directors, you know, and they both really appreciate each other's films. Um, there's, the, you know, so much, there's levels of horror in these guys' movies in Hereditary. I mean, we could, we could sit here, my brain is just ready to go through a thousand and one different arguments of why each of these are fantastic, but I'm going to skip that. And I'm going to say that, you know, I, I think we all know why each of these films are great. I'm just going to go with the one that tore me up the most, and that was Hereditary. I haven't been the same since Hereditary. Hereditary left me feeling empty and broken and miserable after seeing that movie. Um, I just picked up the 4K Blu-ray of it. So most people would be like, I'm never going to watch it again. And I'm like, so it's fucked me up so bad, I just picked up the 4K version of it. Now I can have existential angst in 4K. Uh, anyway. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I can't say enough good things about us. Um, if it gets down to where we have to debate, maybe I'll get into some of the specifics. But um, I'm going to go with Hereditary because it, it, it just, just took my soul out from my body, squished it around, and put it back in. And it just destroyed me. So uh, one of the scariest movies I've ever seen in my life. So Hereditary. 2-0 Hereditary to you, Ben. Were you equally destroyed? I mean, I wouldn't say my head bounced off of a telephone pole or anything, but it's it's a pretty good film. 
um, I, I would say that it's the inferior R Aster. I, I think Midsommar is better than Hereditary, and that's probably... I don't know if we'll get there. That would be interesting. It I would. Think we will. That would be interesting, though. But I think I think Midsommar is probably the, the superior Ari Aster film in this. Um, I generally do like the witchcraft stuff, man. I, I dig it, really. The folky kind of horror. Um, this, I think, is really interesting in a lot of ways, and it sort of ties that in in a cool way. It's it's a pretty interesting, like, um, how would I say, um, kind of like mythology around the film. There's, there's a lot of really cool stuff going on here. Uh, I think whenever we discussed Us, uh, ironically enough, I think Us is probably the inferior Jordan Peele film. Um, Get Out was definitely a lot better. And so having these two compete, I think, is, is sort of appropriate in some ways. But it is a shame, again, that they have to go against each other because they're both fantastic. I think I was a little bit disappointed with the ending in Us. I think it was... Mm, I, I, I don't think it was as good as it could have been. They didn't really earn the suddenly... Sh- well, you know... Uh, anyway, they didn't earn that twist. It, it didn't really hit for me. And because of that, I think there was a really interesting sort of opportunity that they had. And in a lot of ways, man, this movie is is killer. It's so, so good. I guess I'm going to have to give it to Hereditary. Hereditary yeah. it is. 3-0 to you, Shayra. Are you going to uh, try to convince us for us? Yes, I am. All right, you've got one minute to uh, convince us that Us beats Hereditary, starting now. So one of the most interesting things about Us for me was the fact that going into the film, it started out almost like a comedy film. And so one of the things I noticed when I was in the audience was there's a lot of people laughing their asses off at all these jokes. And then you could actually hear the laughter go from ha-ha-ha-ha-ha to ah. <laughs> and it, it it affected people. It affected people in a way that was just so amazing to me. I understand the importance of Hereditary. I get why you guys are going there. I love the dollhouse. I love all the wild twists and turns. I love the mythology behind it. But Us stuck out to me with the ballet scene and the manipulation of the puppetry of yourself. This goes into the whole thing I get afraid of is someone being able to manipulate you the rabbit eating scene where if i'm eating pudding my other self is eating rabbits holy fuck that messes me up any changes actually yeah i think i think i want to change too yeah all right okay so is this one we want to argue for five minutes Five-minute argument? Noah, you said you wanted to uh, jump into one of these arguments. Yeah, no, uh, no. I'll, I guess, I, yeah, okay, this will be fun. Yeah, yes. I, I'm good. Do you want to go? I don't think we've done a Noah Shayra <clears throat> argument for five minutes yet. Let's do it. Well, here okay. we go. FYI, Starting. I think you're great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't have anything. So I'm not entirely sure even how to debate this because, you know, for me, so it's definitely your fear. Your fear is being replicated, replaced, personhood being removed, but there's still a fragment of, of yourself there, right? So we can pinpoint the films where those are the things that that mess you up. And and us is oh, well, a great candidate for that. Um, and then for me, you know, the familial shit, the mother shit, um, not ever, I mean, so let me let me put it to you this way. You know, the, the fear and hereditary beyond just my fear, my familial shit is that you really can never trust anybody. And I know, Shara, there's some of that in you. I know that we've had conversations where that's a, that's a background fear, I, I think, that you and I both share. Yeah. And, I mean, hereditary brings it to the familial level that, you know, that you're not, you're not entirely your own, 
that um, so there's, I guess there's two things I want to say and my mind's kind of jumbling them right now, but, but one is, you know, you were built off the apparatus of your parents' DNA and, you know, in that sense, you're never truly authentically who you are without those people present. You know, there's no, there's no concept of who Shayra would be, who Noah would be without our, without our family, without our parents. And you and I have insane, insane family as we know, um, Hereditary, I think, speaks to that, right? It, it speaks to that, that you can never truly move away from that, that fear that it's, it's indwelt into your blood. And then you pass it on, too. You know, your child can't ever really get rid of you, right? Not, not that she'd want to, but, you know, may, that's the fear, right, is that there's this possibility of the person you are flowing down and that flowing down to the next generation of people so that, you know, you're never truly your own thing. I'm glad you said that because that's actually one of the things that I thought was so horrifying about us. Because mm. remember, there was the swap of the of the girls. Yes. So uh, the girl who would have been able to make decisions about who she marries and who she has children with didn't have that decision. So she had the understanding of the real world and then was forced in this situation where she was puppeted by another person to have a husband and children that she did not get to choose to have. Yeah. And that to me is truly horrifying. The idea yeah. that I got to make some decisions and maybe I regret them, maybe yeah. I don't, but it's still my decision I made to have someone else make those decisions to have sex with someone and have children with someone without your consent, I guess is a one word, but the other word is without the knowledge that they're even forcing you. Mm -hmm. to be put into the situation you are forced family at that point mm -hmm. and if you think about the whole fuck the police scene with the white family uh yeah, you know you, you have the twins and all that stuff everyone is in the same boat right Th there are these people and it's understandable they want to go and slaughter everybody how dare you use my body in this way to force a family on me that i would have never chosen myself and in a way that's what we all deal with yeah. we are forced in a family we never got to make a decision properly for ourselves but on a certain level they had even more so because mm -hmm. someone else is manipulating your body to have sex with someone to make a family. Yeah. So I'll agree with you that that's interesting because what we're saying is both films, uh, treat human beings as, uh, as a means to ends, not ends in and of themselves. It devalues people, uh, writ large in us where basically every human, right. has a do every, every person has a doppelganger. But I think it's I think it's scarier for me to think of that within the context of familial bounds, because those are the sorts of people where the expectation is I should trust them and I won't be used. It's a smaller, more confined space where you're supposed to feel more comfort. And so when that flips, it's a bigger shock. It's a more visceral shock. Right. But I also understand that, you know, taking applying it to everybody is also <laughs> exceedingly terrifying. I had to sort of. I sort of had to, uh, it was a little much for me to believe the the ins and outs of what happens underground and how they actually were able to do that. I had to suspend a little too much disbelief in us. But then again, I'm talking about hereditary where a woman <laughs> floats her beheaded corpse, right. floats up the thing. So, and so then I wanna people be, just like light on fire. and, and yeah. yeah, so I want to be fair. But I think for me, if, we're, if we hone in on the thing that you and I seem to both be catching, which is that, you know, being used... I think that the people being used in Annie's family are used in a much more insidious way because the expectation is I'm with people who wouldn't do that, right? Whereas in us, it's the government and you're, you're not privy to this information. 
until uh, the end, really, you know? So that's what I would lay my, my, my stake and, on. And, it. you know, the, I, I get that. But at the end of the day, those kids realized they were with the wrong mom the whole time. <laughs> All right. Uh, ben, did your vote change? I think um, I think I was really sort of solidified on the us side. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, like the ending, of course, like that. That was really that. I mean, the point that we just made about suspending disbelief that that was actually pretty interesting because yes, I mean, we sort of forgive a lot of weird supernatural shit sometimes, but then really nitpick on the logistics of an underground community. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know. Yeah, and I, I think I still stand by my decision to to really sort of like boycott the the actual end where we sort of suspect the identity and we, you know, find out what we find out. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think actually on the whole, maybe maybe us is probably a little better. Hereditary is heads. Let's see if we get four tails in a row, which would give a victory to us. Flipping now, and it is tails again. Oh, It's rigged! It's, it's rigged. not rigged. I promise. I <laughs> oh, is that for... why the app says tails only corn flip? I, saw that. <laughs> I voted for hereditary, and <laughs> yeah, I know. So that means I, I, us. It, it's on. rigged in my favor. I'm. I this uh, is, this is, this is the biggest bummer to me so far. But I'm glad that the you, one that took it is us. You do not. You do not have a shenanigans, but uh, no. the three of us do and i don't think any of us are using our shenanigans on this one so yeah well the, i i do want to say that the the combined probability of all four of those being tails in succession is about six percent so I, I just want to just a little pocket math there uh, i don't know yeah that's a little weird just saying just i i don't know what to tell you i am <laughs> flipping like, the I coin don't technology this. <laughs> i i am flipping the coin i am doing this honorably of course so uh, we'll move on to our next matchup. Seven, what is in the box versus Videodrome? It's the idiot box, idiot. A movie about the uh, oversaturation of media versus a tale about the seven deadly sins. Um, I am voting David Fincher seven. Noah, what about you? Seven. Seven. Time. Moving on to Ben. This is this is actually really interesting. Well, never no no never mind. Um, yeah, fuck it. I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna like boycott James Woods on principle and just say that it's seven. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I get rough. that, but it's fucking video drum, you motherfuckers. And and here's why. All right, Go ahead, minute start starts it up. now. Jesus Christ! Look, okay, so video drum. I, I get it has James Wood, blah, but it also has Blondie, and she's amazing, and she said, fuck you, Trump. So, you know what? Let, if we're going to go political on this, they, there's a balance in this film. Now, with Videodrome, this is what is actually happening today. We are inundated with media. It is actually messing with who we are as people. And, and it's not necessarily have to be a negative way, but it is messing with who we are in our DNA. We are adjusting who we are very much so because we are constantly inundated with what to think, who to think about, uh, what is this that makes it funny. And it does definitely have a sexual nature to it. It does have to do with gender. It has to do with violence. It has to do with all those things. And by the way, this film has amazing imagery and amazing special effects that are real special effects, not CGI special effects that are iconic as fuck for all horror movies. Like, 
Oh! Did anyone's vote change? I just. Well, oh, you're muted. Wait. Try again now. Sorry, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. I just wanted Did to any, say. Let, I, me, I, let me cue you for it again. <laughs> Did anyone's vote change? So mine didn't change, but I absolutely loved how like vigorous you got for this. Yeah. That made me very <laughs> happy. Uh, and I, I don't mean that in a condescending way at all. No. I, if that sounds condescending, <laughs> I apologize. Yeah, I mean, it should it should be given some defense. Um, yeah, I just, so I guess I would say, Cher, like for me, you know, like Seven is one of those, it, I see Seven as like a deeply atheistic movie. Um, and it has a darkness right. to it and a a reach to it that I think goes further into like what scares me about the world. And, and, and it's, it has a darkness to it that like overtakes a lot of other horror movies, many of the ones that we've covered. Um, and I just don't think Videodrome has enough light to By the way, I have a through. t-shirt yeah. that, that, that <laughs> is a seven t-shirt. It's what's in the box, but it's a, a Dr. Seuss version of it. But I love <laughs> seven. Okay. But the fact that everybody's like, oh, seven. I was like, <laughs> you, we wanted to trigger you and we spoke well, privately. Actually talk yeah. about you Cronenberg the fuck out of that. It's, it's a fucking verb. <laughs> Like, sorry. Ben, is... did your uh, did your vote change? <laughs> Not this time. You got me All on right. us, but yeah, I don't know if I can change this time. Seven moves on, and we'll face the uh, the winner of our next matchup. We keep we kept talking about uh, Suspiria twenty eighteen being the better Suspiria. Is it better than Scary White People? Get Out versus Suspiria. I am going Get Out, Noah. We're probably scaring the shit out of a lot of people with this podcast. So yeah, no, I I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Get Out. Get Out is, I mean, I I'm I, one of the things I'm getting I'm trying to figure out what to do is if I want to give my reasons now or if I think you guys are gonna argue with me and then I'll give my reasons then. But uh, I mean, we all know why Get Out's amazing. Suspiria is a, a fantastic film too. I I actually really enjoyed it. It's a, a little long. Uh, a little long. I think the same actress played too many people. What was her name in uh, Tilda, Swinton. Tilda Swinton? She actually had a prosthetic penis, from my understanding. Which, God bless her. I mean, God <laughs> bless her. I, that's that's doing the work and making me wonder about my vote that she had that prosthetic penis. I it's hard to give it to get out. Ben, do you want to vote for uh, scary white people or prosthetic penises? Well, not. <laughs> Not prosthetic penises in general, but fucking Tilda Swinton's prosthetic penis. <laughs> That's a little more tempting. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck. <laughs> I, I like both of these. Yeah, yeah. Suspiria is the better Suspiria 2018 is the better Suspiria. Um and it's not just because of the really interesting payoff at the end. I, you know, I don't know. I I really enjoyed it. That twist. See see what I mean? Like the twist in the ending of Suspiria is better than the the twist in the ending of us and they have like a similar theme and i think suspiria actually did that better so if we'd been comparing suspiria 2018 versus us that would have been a tougher choice yeah damn it jim damn it <laughs> i understand fault. You're, you're not a well I was, I was gonna try to make a star trek joke there i can i can put it together yeah something damn about it, a doctor jim. Yeah, something about a doctor. I don't know. Whatever. Fuck it. Uh, Damn it, Jim. You're a doctor, not a pool, man. 
If I'm if I'm really being honest with myself, unfortunately, though, as much as I did like Suspiria and I do like slow burn movies with crazy uh, endings that just sort of like blow your mind a little bit and Tilda Swinton, um, maybe I just give it to Get Out this time. I think uh, I think Get Out wins. Get Out and Shara, Get Out or Suspiria 2018? The, the reason why I even recommended Suspiria was to watch Suspiria 2018 Holy shit. Okay, first off. Are we going, or am I starting your minute? No. Oh, okay. I, I just want to say, with Suspiria, uh, Tom York is my favorite artist of all time. He is the lead singer of Radiohead. I have liked their music since I was like 11. And Tom York did the entire freaking soundtrack to Suspiria 2018. And it is, I still listen to it. All the time. Late at night, I will just put on the Suspiria soundtrack and just listen to that because it's fucking fantastic. On top of that, the mirror room dance scene turning into a blob of goo. Holy fuck, that is one of the most amazing scenes I've ever seen in a horror movie. If you have not seen this movie, go see it just for that scene alone. If you don't want to sit through the whole film, just watch that scene alone. That is one of the most fucked up scenes I've ever seen in a movie. If you guys want to talk about a dance movie that is truly horrifying, that scene, holy shit. Um, that being said, Get Out blew my mind. It is funny. It is dramatic. It is all these different genres put into one thing. And I think it really reinvented and reinvigorated the horror genre. And it is really, really sticking with me. Um, I Every character is interesting. Every twist and turn was meant to be. It, there's no part of it that makes me upset or angry that it happened. Everything was purposeful. Everything was meant to be. It has to go to get out. But gosh, I had to give some Suspiria love because that soundtrack and some of those scenes, oh, it... it it's hard, but so, Get Out has to win. Jordan Peele beats Luca Guadagnino, and now we move on to the matchup that, frankly, has me nervous. Uh, Annihilation, a uh, my one of my favorite films, that, probably my favorite film that we've ever done on this podcast, a uh, story about a group of women who journey into the shimmer and find something that changes their DNA to excision a movie about how growing up is hard. I am definitely going with annihilation. No doubt about it. Uh, Noah, what do you say? Excision. Yeah, I'm definitely choosing excision. Uh, look, at, look at Jim's face. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely choosing excision. Um, ben. I'll get into the reasons why if, if, uh, if we all start debating it, but um, I, I love annihilation. Annihilation is a great movie. Um, but I think excision is is just superior, so I'm gonna give it to excision. Ben, I'm intrigued. I'm I'm intrigued to hear the argument that is gonna be produced <laughs> in defense of this decision. Uh, I think I I think my initial position on this is probably going to be annihilation. Um, but I am open to hearing interesting arguments at this point. I'm gonna make you argue annihilation. <laughs> Uh, Shayra. Noah gets to defend excision for five minutes. Oh, fuck my life. Because you already <laughs> knew where I was going with this. I did. 
<laughs> All right. Noah, you oh shit, let me uh let me restart the the timer at 5 minutes. Noah, are you defending excision? Sure. All right. So let me first say I don't have a giant dog in this fight. I mean, I'd be happy if Annihilation won it too. Um I just think excision is an, a fantastic look inward. You know, one of the things we've been talking about is like the 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 person that loses the trope of the person losing their mind, right? How many of these films that creep uh, American Psycho, we can go through these and we can see it from the perspective of, you know, uh, a, a person losing themselves. But with Excision, it's that same story, but it's very different. Not just because the person's an adolescent, but you get not just the collective societal narrative about how to deal with this person, but you see literally the inside of this person's mind and what's going on and how think, how her decisions get affected and how she comes to certain conclusions and um, it is, it's, it's disgusting at times. This movie's really gross. It, it, there's, uh, you know, visceral sexual scenes. Um, there's murder. Uh, there's these really deep, nasty things that all sort of sum up into this seemingly and, and very pretty young girl. I mean, she's kind of not well kept, but you know, she, the actress who plays her is unbelievably gorgeous, but, uh, you know, and so it, it takes a little bit of everything, a little bit of society, a little bit of uh, philosophy and, and religious self-help. Um, it takes uh, her decision making. You get to see all these little pieces brought up. to. See, you don't see that in Creep. You know what I mean? You okay, don't see but that. We're not, we're not comparing excision in Creep. We're comparing yeah. excision in Annihilation. And Annihilation yeah. has the same idea of losing one's mind, but it is writ into your DNA, which is, e which is even more... I mean, this is just about a woman who's sort of growing up and and having difficulties growing up. But Annihilation has far more universal and, and higher themes going on. Annihilation is about how we are changed by our pain. That the people that we are as a result of the traumas that we have been exposed to have altered who we are as people. And yet we have to continue on. Not the same Jim as the one who entered the Shimmer. And if we talk about the... Uh, the, the cinematography in Annihilation, a lot of people shit on the ending, but they shouldn't because the, the ending is a visual metaphor for what it's like to be pressed into a, a, a immovable object by your pain. There's a one shot of Natalie Portman shoved against the door and the creature against her. And mm -hmm. that is a visual metaphorical representation of pain. And the pain, while we all grow up and while we all probably have issues growing up, but uh, the, 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 the pain and the, the things that are represented in Annihilation are far more wide-ranging and I would say far more universal. We have Natalie Portman who has trouble with her, uh, with her husband. We've got um, Tessa Thompson who cuts herself. We've got somebody else who loses a child. We've got somebody else who um, is, is, is uh, stricken with cancer. These are, this is a incredibly well-crafted, well-shot, um, remarkably interesting movie that I think has a lot more to offer Excision. And I'll also close by saying that originally you rated Excision a three and you rated Annihilation at a four. So there's some slight inconsistencies here. Yeah, just, you know, times change. I saw Annihilation, I think, two times since then. Um, and I, yeah, I... I mean, so it really comes down to how broad a scope matters to you, right? Um, 
paint your I, I could say the same thing to you you know you said well we all grow up we all have particular growing pains well when we're alive and adults we all have various different types of pains too that we have to confront and we have to confront them and be the same person through them or a different people that's fine and those but, pains are in annihilation but they're not in excision i mean i I think excision is a more scoped inversion of the same thing that you're offering. You're you're basically saying that we all have to confront these these large and um, these these large tidal waves of human grief in our own ways, right? And these characters in in Annihilation have different things, um, but. The girl from Excision is one of those things. It's just a honed-in version of it, and the entire film takes place going through that. And it hones in so deeply that it goes into her nightmares, it goes into her visions, it goes into her, you know, into her psyche to give you a glimpse of that nastiness, that darkness. It's not just like it's not just life's bad, and you're going to be a different person on the end of it. It's that's, here's how that's deep reductive and how bad for what it goes. annihilation is. And I'm also saying that annihilation is better shot, better scripted, and better acted with better better visual effects and a more interesting story. So I'm saying that that it's sorry I interrupted you because I knew that I was I only had ten seconds left. No, you're right. I mean, a lot of what if you listen to a lot of what you're saying, and this this gets down to largely some of our debates. It's subjective, like a more interesting story. That's entirely subjective. I mean, I don't think it's a more interesting story at all. Um, I think it's an interesting story, but I don't think it's a more interesting story. Um, right. There are deeply beautiful, beautifully shot scenes of gore and grotesqueness in, uh, you know, in excision too. So I mean, I yeah, I just it. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a, a difference in subjective aesthetic, I guess. Uh, did anyone change the vote? I just want to say that excision, the end scene, and the the twist at the end is shocking. One of the most shocking things I've ever seen in a film ever, and it is it is so beautiful and so fucked, uh, and I absolutely love it. So but, shut up. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to go in your favor. <gasps> oh, okay. I was I thought that you were just uh closing. I know up. what you think, but you don't think. Oh no. I love excision. But I understand this is a very passionate thing for you. And I understand that our love for gore and trash and porn stars doing amazing awesome <laughs> shit isn't necessarily what everybody wants i know that noah and i are right for <laughs> our trash loving but i'm going to give this to you because it it is probably uh going to be a good argument later on and i think it'll make it more interesting when we seed later so i'm going to give this to you but only because uh, I understand that trash isn't necessarily what we all want, but Noah and I, I think we're on the same page with this. Trash is good. We love our trash. <laughs> well, I, 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 I don't know if you're. I don't know if that, that I should be like flattered or condescended to, but I don't know. It doesn't matter. Just you take won. it. Just yeah. take it. Just take it, Jim. Yeah, but we don't know if Ben switched his vote. Ah. <laughs> Uh, no, I think I think I'm. 
I, th I think I'm uh, I think I'm gonna go ahead and stick with annihilation on this one. I totally get it. I didn't think of some of those points actually when I was rethinking about excision. Mm. And yeah, damn, like the ending is is crazy. It turns into a crazy movie. Um, but I, I I'm a huge fan. I think I'm a huge fan of like metaphor and analogy. And while Jim might not necessarily appreciate that in some of the films that I like, I do think it is present in annihilation. Um, in a really good way. I think it's I think it's really good. So I think my vote will stick at Annihilation. So Annihilation <laughs> moves on even without the coin flip. All right. So we move on to The Vavitch, a movie set exactly in its time with the language of its time. That's one of its real strengths versus The Exorcist, one of the canonical horror films. But we'll see whether canon passes our tests. Um, I am voting for The Exorcist. Noah. Well, uh, I'm going to live deliciously while your mom sucks cocks in hell, okay? So uh, I'm going with The Witch. Ben? It's definitely going to be The Witch, hands down, no contest. Are you guys ready to fucking go? Let's yes. do it! Let's fucking do it! <laughs> All right, so Shayra, you are going Exorcist. Do you want to fight Exorcist? Hell fucking yeah, I want to fight Exorcist. Let's do Let's it. Do it. Who's the uh, the Vavitch person? Feminism Hola. versus feminism. Let's fucking do this. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that bet. All <laughs> right. Five minutes starts now. Shayra and Ben. Look, okay. So Exorcist, I understand. It might be, oh, it's an older film, blah, blah, blah. And I love which I do, I do, I do. But Exorcist is one of those things where you have this Indiana Jones situation that starts out. You find a demon, and the demon gets into this girl somehow. We have so many amazing uh, scenes where this little girl is doing such amazingly crazy shit with her body. Uh, you have her shoving a crucifix into herself and saying, let Jesus Christ fuck you. And you have her crawling like a spider backwards down a stair steps. It's, what the fuck? And I don't know, it's, it's got the craziest imagery, the puking of the split pea soup, the power of Christ compels you. I know we're going to get into deeper stuff, but I just wanted to go, whoa, there's some crazy shit in Exorcist. Go ahead and uh, witch me up. I, I love yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. <laughs> so first of all, I, I just want to say again that making an argument about the age of film doesn't necessarily work against me. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, like, again, favorite film of all time, Seventh Seal. Um, comparing it, I think, to two, uh, um, Indiana Jones is a mistake here because obviously I've already said fuck you to Steven Spielberg with Jaws. <laughs> and again, like if we're talking about the crazy things that happen in the film, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really sort of blasphemous crazy stuff that I, I appreciate, definitely on an aesthetic level. But again, like if we go back to the discussion we had about The Shining, it's like not really that stuff that's going to impress me. Um, as far as a feminist element in this film, I don't think The Exorcist is feminist at all. At all. In fact, I think I see this as a, a woman afflicted by some kind of malady that needs to be rescued by a team of men who ultimately represent the ultimate patriarchal organization of the Catholic Church. You bastard. So, yeah, okay. I mean, I think it's heavily anti-feminist, whereas The Witch is clearly I think clearly, it's feminist because we are talking about a dad who, who has abandoned these women and they are trying to figure out how they are going to combat the world around them. And the mom ends up with this highly misogynistic, alcoholic asshole. And she's just constantly getting around guys that are assholes. It's not until she meets this priest who's like, I don't think I'm Christian, that she finally finds a guy who's worthy. And then he goes and fucking dies. 
That is tragic. That is what women deal with. When we finally find the right person who is actually a good person, he ends up falling down a bunch of stairs and breaking his neck and he's dead. It's so sad. Like, yeah, but like, why is that tragic? Because she needed a man in her life? I mean, how heteronormative oh. is that, right? I don't know. Like, not to no, really go on these low blows like that, but fuck, like, life. again. It's just that, like, you try so hard to find people that might go against the norm, right? You, you hope that there's actually guys out there that are worthy and they just don't exist. And this guy comes around and he actually is a functional dude who cares, who has empathy, who cares about his mother. In fact, that's how the demon tries to fuck with him is, is go after the mother. It's because he actually had empathy. And of course, the good empathetic guy ends up being the guy who has to sacrifice himself and die. It sucks. Yeah, he is, he's, I, I will give you the fact that I think he is arguably a heroic character what i think the issue is here is that what we ultimately have when we boil the story down is another sort of spooky ghost story where it's like you better believe in the supernatural because god i mean that's like the ultimate punchline here really is that you need to believe in this x yeah, because supernatural witch, stuff exists like, and therefore if evil exists because satan <laughs> eh, i mean like i really don't think that's the situation it's just because of all these horrible things happening to this individual that get sort of pinned on her again like kind of like hagazusa where you end up becoming kind of like the outsider because of bullshit um, just because what? Just because you're a female? You know, I don't know. I, don't, I, I think that's a really interesting tale on in showing exactly why that's harmful and why that pushes people to certain extremes and how I think the title of which obviously is sort of a marginalization and it obviously has a larger social context of describing that within history as well as, again, the oppressive power of the church, which I think is ultimately what this debate comes down to with me. It's like, which side are you really going to be on when it comes to the battle of history? Are you going Either to be way, on the side of women, women or the Pope? To fix their problems. <laughs> oh, not the witch definitely not the men get killed black no, philip absolutely she definitely turned to black bodies philip. that guy oh that was the... <laughs> <laughs> i and i and i get what you're saying and i absolutely love living deliciously myself and and, and there's so much amazing <laughs> awesomeness to the witch but the exorcist is one of those things where you are mother and daughter fighting the the powers that be together and they have to try to duke it out and they end up together still because they have this female empowerment strength together whereas with the witch mother and daughter turn on each other and it's a stab 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 in the mom's gut and i can understand that on a personal level but i don't think it's necessarily like women empowerment i don't I think i can make a good argument in four seconds <laughs> I was like, all right. Uh, so did anyone change the vote? That was probably my favorite debate back and forth so far of the whole podcast. Um, you guys had a lot of really interesting things to say. I really actually really enjoyed that. That was like a blast. I don't think I'm going to change. I'm I'm sorry, Shara. You're, and you, you said a lot of things I actually agree with. Um, but I, I think the witch just ultimately takes it. I And I mean, think of the end of the witch, the very last scene. It's a bunch of naked chicks floating up I into the air. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it is, if you're looking at it from the lens of, of female empowerment, I mean, the witch takes it 100% to me. The witch takes it. Um, I, I am not going to get beaten down by nostalgia as the metric for, you know, whether a movie right. is good or Right, and I wanted to that. make sure that that was not the reason yeah. why. I want yeah, to and I know that. that's not the reason. Yeah, and I know that. And the thing the thing is, you know, the cultural change for The Exorcist, what did it produce? It produced a lot of people going back to church, which you take that for what it, you can take that as a, as a sign that the film had deep impact and it's worth points or 
you know, that it adversely affected society. It also made people way. puke in a theater and leave yeah. abruptly, which is a good yeah. metric for me. That's, that's very true. <laughs> so, that's very true. So the Vivitch is higher seated, and so that means it is heads. Uh, do we get multiple tails in a row for an exorcist victory? We do not. It is the Vitch who moves on. Nice. All right. Nice. Nice. So that means the Vivitch will go up against Annihilation, which means I lose Ben. And uh, <laughs> we, uh, we now have uh, I Saw the Devil Korean Horror Film uh, about a inversion of the revenge genre and Halloween 78, the invention of the slasher genre. I am going with I Saw the Devil on this one. Noah. Oh, that's very surprising to me. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm going with Halloween 1978. Uh, big time. Ben? Yeah, I Saw the Devil is interesting, but I think I actually want to go with uh, Halloween on this one. Shaver? Jim and I are going to argue you guys about Korean films? <laughs> wow. It is it is back to the train to Busan cabin in the woods fight from last week. Uh, wow, this is weird. Do, you want to do I saw the devil or should I just hate on Halloween? I'm I'm going to like I'm cool to have like half my time for me, half my time for Ben, you know, like just hop in and out cuz I feel like we're probably both going to have things to say. Can we make this a weird one where each of us gets a minute? Okay. Uh, sure. we do, who we who do... goes first? Can we go in the order of, of our seed? How about we go in the order of our seed? So, yeah, I guess I'll go first. And, okay. uh, yeah, I will uh, spend my minute now shooting on Halloween 78, uh, which is... Fine. It 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 invented the slasher genre, which then, of course, led to the movies of the 80s, which were mostly bad um, and perfected Steadicam. OK, so these are technical merits of the film's part, but it's basically a suburban real estate video with creepy music. It doesn't develop its characters all that well. And it is a film that is essentially shallow and unenlightened. What it, its strengths are merely technical. And while I do respect technicality more than most people, I definitely would not, would not put Halloween above. I saw the devil, which has true characters, a true character uncovering as Ben, uh, other Ben pointed out on that podcast where we get a character who is uncovered into being the monster that he is. This is a phenomenal film, whereas Halloween 78 is at this in this day and age at least mediocre. All right, Noah. I, I'm shocked that you were looking for enlightenment in Halloween, first off. Um, that seems a weird thing to search for. Uh, in this sort of a movie. Look, Halloween is is Lovecraftian in many respects. B well, well done, Lovecraft. One, one of the few Lovecraftian films done well. There's not many. Um, there is this character that is other. It's the same haunt of Event Horizon wrapped up into a person. It's the beyond the other, the thing that's unexplained, right? When Dr. Loomis, that famous line where he says, I've spent my entire life to studying maladaptive psyche, and when I look at Myers, he's something else. There's a purity to his evil, right? I don't care what movie spawned after that. I watched Halloween last year. For, I haven't, hadn't seen it in forever. Watched it last year, and I was more scared this last time I watched it than all of the other times before. Legitimately, I was like, 
this this is terrifying to think this thing the shape is stalking and it, it only knows one thing and that purity makes michael myers stand alone ben i think i'm gonna echo a lot of those sentiments and whereas like i and i saw the devil i think that is actually a really good argument that he sort of is revealed rather than it having like a de-evolution into some sort of like monster as in like we see in the shining and so many other horror films it is unique in that way but also i i think that there is something to be said for just like the blank face of of death and sort of like how it becomes an abstract through the symbol that is Michael Myers and, and Halloween. Um, not to mention, I mean, of course it is incredibly iconic, but I think it is interesting from that perspective. And just the fact that for every reason that, that Noah just noted, having this sort of unadulterated, like obviously you, you don't have any sort of de-evolution here. We literally see this character as a child putting on the mask, looking through those eye holes and then committing atrocities. Um, that's, I think, unique and interesting from a lot of perspectives. And it's it's something that I think speaks to the horror in a lot of us and that, yes, we do try to empathize and we build our society around the fact that we can empathize with other human beings and we kind of think we know what they want. But this, I think, shows us the reality that sometimes there are deviations. Sheriff? Both of these films are hard for me to deal with because I'm a woman. Uh, I've been a babysitter. I've been scared of noises. I, I feel the fear from Halloween. But when it comes to I Saw the Devil, those fears are much, much more fucked up. Think of how the wife died. Think of the ring that he brings forward to fuck with the guy later to show that he killed the pregnant wife, which he then reveals with the pregnancy. Think of the uh, about to rape scene in the greenhouse. There are so many scenes, and I saw the devil that messed with my head so much. And I don't know if it's because I'm a woman or just because those scenes are super fucked up, but the main breakaway thing from I saw the devil for me was the walking away at the end scenes. Sorry for the spoilers and the tears falling because of finally making it past this trauma, but never, ever being able to get past the trauma. Anyone uh, change the vote? Nope. I'm a little more on the fence now. I don't know. Uh, we have one. We technically have one more minute. Yeah. So uh, we can do a Shayra Ben uh, fight for... <laughs> Well, I, I don't think I, I think I want to just be like sold a little more on the I saw the devil thing just because I mean it is good um, and okay. I think there's a lot of merit to what you guys have said like there is a I mean I think there's purposeful use of violence in this and kind of like that's the argument that I would use for a lot of Von Trier's work is that it it's not necessarily grotesque I mean it's obviously horrific um, but I don't think it's it's but mm, at the too, end of the day like, pointless it's not what? it's not like gore porn I don't think. No what answer. we have at the end of the of the story is his family gets fucked with the same way he's been fucking with other people's families. Yeah. That is the most interesting turn of events I've ever seen in any film. And Korean drama really knows how to drive it home to make you feel pain. There's no happy ending. You will ne no one will ever be able to be happy. Everything's like a gray area of immense sadness and horror. Whereas Halloween is like okay, and now this guy in a mask is going to go stab some more people. But it's and a I, I don't want to try to put Halloween on this like lower level with that. I love a slasher film, but it, mm -hmm. I feel like there's a deeper horror that's so fucked with I Saw the Devil. When you ask mm -hmm. yourself the motivation of Michael Myers versus the motivation of the protagonist in I Saw the Devil, 
one is a deeply unsettling answer, you know, and the other is revenge and it, what revenge does to you. But there is a question mark. There's a, a question mark left over Michael Myers when you when you ask that. And I think like pursuing that question is what makes uh, Halloween, I think, the superior film, the purity of it, the beyondness of it. That's what I does it for me. I don't think Halloween pursues that, though. Uh, well, I mean, it, it prompts it in the viewer. That's one of the main appeals that people go watch, I think. Continuous you, monster. Yeah, but I, yeah. I saw the devil re- uh, explores those, uh, explores different questions. I saw the devil makes the protagonist the monster in the end. And it shows we are all capable of being monsters, mm-hmm. which is much more horrific in my mind. Yeah, but I think I think and, in Halloween, it's not just as simple as Michael Myers is a monster either. And it does ask the question. I mean, Dr. Loomis does. A, 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 it is pursued through the narrative in Halloween of what is Michael Myers and that mm-hmm. he's something other. And it does ponder that question. And it's that question that I think makes the film all the more interesting. It makes it almost cosmic. So that's why I would lay it on that. So I guess I'll leave it up okay. to Ben. <laughs> I'll give a. Do you want I'm me torn. to? I'm I'm really torn, man. I think it is really coin flip. Yeah, let's let's put it up. Let's let's give it to the gods. Let's give it to the gods. All right. I saw the devil is more is higher seated, uh, mainly because of my Halloween seventy eight score really brought the average down. <laughs> <laughs> I gave Halloween seventy eight a one point five. Honestly, uh, I would normally okay. disagree with you, Jim, but being put up against that film, yeah. All right, so I'm flipping now. Uh, I saw the devil is uh, heads and Halloween is tails. It is tails, Halloween. Nice. Does nice. anyone want to use their shenanigans, Shayra? Not on this. <laughs> well, you, yeah, you you, uh, you voted for Halloween, so you said to coin flip. So, all right, and that, and that just means that it'll be harder for Noah in uh, the next round. Yep. Which is it follows um, a movie about STDs and Cam, uh-huh. a movie about a Cam girl deep fake. I am going with it follows. Uh, Noah. Uh, uh, this is the hardest one. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm definitely going for It Follows. It Follows is one of my all-time favorite horror movies. Ben? I think, uh, I think the Cam episode was probably one of my favorite episodes. I think it was a lot of fun. But in in terms of the movie itself, yeah, I'm going to give this It Follows. Shayra? Uh, same sentiments. Uh, I thought that the Cam episode was fantastic. I don't not recommend the cam it's it's definitely a, a fun watch but yeah for those who haven't seen the podcast go they i wasn't there that evening but uh these guys watched cam with the cam girl so, yeah uh, we, we had a yep. cam girl on and and had some insight uh with a cam girl who likes horror films which is always exciting that was a great the show sa- and i the, love the, the same one who we scared to death with antichrist good job <laughs> Well, you know, if we were putting our, our cam podcast against it fellows, then maybe it would have a chance. <laughs> but unfor- but uh, unfortunately not. We just have to go for the movie. And for that reason, it follows, takes it with a 4-0 lead. 
so that concludes round of 64 part two. Uh, join us next week when we do the round of 32. We'll have uh, we'll revisit some of these arguments. We've got uh, Annihilation going up against the Vavitch creep against midsummer annihilation versus antichrist wonder if we're gonna flip a coin on that one on the other side of the bracket we have the uh the film that destroyed jaws um up against rear window and a clockwork orange against through the glass darkly um an, an interesting matchup for ben uh seventh seal against young frankenstein you made a compelling <laughs> argument for young Pr frankenstein uh likely we won't hear the same type of compelling argument next week join us then um feel free to play along we've got the link for the uh bracket in our description below we've got uh we're on social media check us out on twitter facebook instagram tweet us your brackets what would you have voted for play along with us as we continue to celebrate october and halloween over the course of the entire month with dugout podcast until then thank you very much for watching